welcome to the First Round Flick Podcast. My name is Sandra Dugan. And I'm Eric Dugan. And we are two ordinary moviegoers just like you. We sit down in our living room and draft our top five favorites in a given category. And this week, we're back for another round of shorts to talk about comedians. Yay! Funny people. We love stand-up comedy. We love going to shows. We love watching all of the specials that we now get on Netflix and Amazon and everywhere else in this golden age of stand-up. And I'm excited to draft some comedians with you. I am too. I might love stand-up comedy more than I like films. Wow, that is a bold statement, Sandra. I don't know. It makes me really happy. (laughs) I think it is both a shared dream for us that one day we will go to Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. Mm -hmm. That would be really fun. Yes, we really want to go. I have to say, one of the biggest bummers about living in Seattle, besides not getting uh, movies when they come out in LA and New York, is that uh, it's we don't have really any good comedy clubs in the city. So we only get the big comedians when they come touring. Uh, but when they do, we got to catch them every time. Mm-hmm. I presume a few of those comics will be on this list. I think that would be a correct presumption. Let's go. Okay, let's find out who's going first. We'll roll for Eric first. One. Yeah. Three. Woo! Well, bully for you. You get to go first. So with that, who are you going to steal from me with your first selection? Well, I'm going to have to be strategic, because although he's not my favorite comedian, I think he might be one of yours. So I'm going to go ahead and draft John Mulaney. I do love John Mulaney, and he is definitely one of the best stand-up comics of our age right now. He's also an excellent talk show guest. He's really just all over the place. He's very funny in general, but if you ever just want to watch absolutely nothing, search for clips of him on various podcasts on YouTube, because he's a great storyteller, and he tends to make his sit-down sessions on talk shows into bits which is just hilarious. She's got endless material. Yes. If you're interested in watching one of his specials, four of them are available on Netflix right now, including New in Town, The Comeback Kid, Kid Gorgeous, and his newest special, Sack Lunch Bunch, which came out on Christmas Eve and which Eric and I just recently watched. It's a little different. Not my favorite. I think Kid Gorgeous is still my favorite set. He's uh, He's really nice because he doesn't rely on vulgarity really at all he's just a natural storyteller with some really great insight like any great comic yes i think one of my favorite john mulaney bits is the bit in which he talks about the cow auctions and how that with re- his wife <laughs> yes and how that relates to weddings if you're not <laughs> sure what i'm talking about please watch his comedy specials but basically he explains the expression Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? And it is brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to try and uh, ineffectively repeat any of our favorite jokes here. but uh, Speak for yourself. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) Uh, He also wears a suit. He's a classy dude. Yes. He came up uh, being a writer for SNL. And now he's become such a performer, even having his Broadway show with Nick Kroll. It's kind of amazing that he was never actually a cast member, even though he has come back to host since. I'm glad that we're going to have him around for a long time. Yes. Highly recommend. If you haven't seen John Mulaney, you're missing out. With that said, Eric, who is going to be your first comedian? 
Well, my first comedian is going to be, I think, the master of the storytelling kind of genre where he can wrap an entire set from beginning to end with one complete theme. He is also a friend of This American Life. This is, of course, Mike Birbiglia. I hate you. <laughs> you love me because we have similar tastes in comedy. Mike Birbiglia is great. He's one of my very favorite comedians. He's a very interesting human in that he has a lot of very strange afflictions. One of <laughs> yeah. them being that he has a really terrifying form of sleepwalking, which requires him to basically be locked up at night within like a special sleeping sheet or sleeping bag where he can't get his hands out. Uh, but he has really funny sets where he kind of explains just the progress of his life. My favorite one is where he explains how he fell in love with and came to marry his wife. His newest set, which just came out on Netflix, is all about coming around to and having a child and all the trials and tribulations that comes with that. That's so right. he can be very relatable, but he's also, even though comedy is very often a very kind of cynical place, and maybe that's kind of why I like it, he's always very hopeful in the end, which it's really nice to come away from a stand-up set, not just happy from how funny it was, but, you know, feeling okay about the world in general. Yeah, his newest special is called The New One. And it does the thing you're talking about where you feel like you've listened to a one-man show, like a poem, rather than a stand-up special. It's very cohesive. Yeah, when it all comes together in a way that is kind of unique. A lot of comedians now have kind of evolved from this, and I think he was at the forefront of having kind of this scripted theme. But for him, that is his entire mission, and it's kind of plotted out as a full story and novel with like interjecting bits that come off of it. But it's not just reading one-liners off of a notepad, as great as that can be. My favorite bit of his is when he talks about his experiences in the Catholic Church and him and his brother's interpretation of certain hymns. He will come at ten. <laughs> uh, he's just always going to be one of my favorites. Yes, he's great. So sorry to steal him from you, but I'm sure you'll pick another great one with your second selection. My second pick is a very different kind of comic, and that is Dimitri Martin. I knew you were going to pick him, and it makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> this comedian is not only extremely funny in stand-up version, he's also a great author and sketch artist. And really, it's pretty foundational to his whole shtick. He's also a musician, and he really uses all of those talents to put on a great show. If you haven't seen Dimitri Martin before, he's unlike any other comedian in that he really tells jokes, just joke after joke after joke, and they're often completely unrelated. He doesn't do a lot of bits, which is really refreshing when you want to really unplug and just listen to some comedy. It's also very clean and he is such an awkward human being that sometimes you're just laughing at him. He looks so goofy because he's got like a mop of hair and then he will admit he has a giant nose and he just kind of looks like 
one of his own drawings, basic stick figure drawings that he would do. But everything that about him that just comes together, he's just... His deadpan delivery. He's just so unique. It's hard to explain. I think if you're ever going to go to a show, or if we were to go to a show, we went once and we were way too far back. Because since the drawings are so important, you want to be up close so you can witness what he unveils in a whole sequence and a board as he shows yeah. all of his little drawings. Because he, better than anyone else I've ever seen, has mastered the art of visual puns. Mm-hmm. Visuals in general, he's really good. And his books are all great. He's definitely my favorite comedian author that we'll talk about today. Probably. He started out as a contributor for The Daily Show, which... Wait, I didn't even know that. Yeah, long ago. The more you know. Um, and his comedy is really about communicating small observations. Well, I'm jealous. I love Dimitri Martin. Netflix tricked us into watching his stand-up from 2018 again the other night because it just popped up in trending and we weren't sure if we had watched it. We were briefly confused. Rewatched it. Loved every second of it. No regrets. No regrets. I'm sorry I stole that from you, but which comic are you going to steal from me now? Well, now I'm going to round out what I think is our unquestionable top four. And that is going to be with our favorite Trader Joe's and documentary aficionado. That is Gary Goldman. I knew it. I knew it so much so that I didn't even prepare to draft him. <laughs> well, I, that's silly. That's silly. I mean, I have some notes, but <laughs> I just knew I couldn't get them all. There's this podcast out there called The Good One, which you introduced me to, where they talk about comedians and they'll interview them and talk about their favorite bit. And be through that podcast, I have played for far too many people, friends <laughs> who have been interested to varying degrees. I've played them the bit about Trader Joe's, about where he goes to Trader Joe's, he has a fight with a woman. It encapsulates kind of what Mike Birbiglia does within a nice little 10-minute span, where he has a story to tell. There's little slight offshoots that are really funny, just little interjections. Like, Trader Joe's is communist. Uh, not Soviet Russia communism, but Narnian. Narnian. <laughs> uh, Narnian under the rule of Aslan the Lion. Of course. The most obvious Jesus figure of all time. Yes. <laughs> he is kind of, he's not, he's starting to get more renown, but for a while he definitely was kind of your comics comic touring through clubs. Didn't really know he wasn't a national figure because he hadn't come up through SNL or um, any TV shows, Comedy Central apparatus. But that, I think comics have always known who he is. Exactly. He, you know, he is originally based out of New York. And he has a bunch of really great specials that are now on Amazon Prime, which you should check out. But his most recent special came out on HBO late last year called The Depression. The Great Depression. The Great Depression, which is about, he had very serious depression. So it's a lot of reckoning with that. Um, thankfully, he seems to have been treated for it, is doing better. He's just a funny comic in that uh, it seems like we have a lot of similar interests. <laughs> mm -hmm. Namely, he's the only comic that has talked so much about documentaries. He it, also has a great bit about state abbreviations and how they well, came to be. From a documentary he watched. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very, very good. I highly recommend any of his stand-ups, but I would recommend... 
Although, I don't know, this could be a controversial take, but don't start with the Great Depression. No, you need to know him first. Yes, I would start with one of his older sets and then try his newer set. Love him. Love him. Now that we've gotten through the critical top four, what is going to be your third pick? Well, Eric, I don't know if you've noticed, but this list is very male and very white. Regrettably so, yes. And so for my next pick, I would like to pick a very funny lady, and that is Chelsea Peretti. You do love her. She is so funny. One of my favorite specials on Netflix is her special, One of the Greats. She is best known for portraying Gina on the police comedy series, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you haven't seen it. She's, she's so also good hilarious oh. in that. Um, but I really, truly love her stand-up. She's also a fun online presence, if you like to follow people on Instagram or Twitter. Married to the infamous Jordan Peele, although they never talk about it because they're very private people. But she is hilarious. So funny. I don't know how much I can add. You're absolutely spot on. She's just so good at being sarcastic, and she has such a dry delivery. Mm -hmm. The connection to Jordan Peele is just fascinating. It's a, it's a great celebrity couple right there. And in, I think, the ideal world, uh, Twitter would only be populated by comedians, and that's yes. just what we would do. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> all hail Chelsea Pretty, the, the head of our Twitter feeds. Chelsea also doesn't do something which is a pet peeve of mine in general. She doesn't focus a lot on her sex life in her stand-up, which is something that a lot of female comedians do. And I appreciate that. I think there's a lot more to women than sex jokes. That goes for men, too. I don't tend to like really... Any particularly um, sex-focused comedians. Yeah. yeah. She's just very smart and relatable comic. I think it's a great pick. Yeah. All right, Eric, what's your third choice going to be? Well, I am also going to introduce a little bit of diversity here. And I'm going to select a comedian who is... Not the feature, but one of the best parts in one of your TV shows, and also somehow wound up at the center of bringing down Bill Cosby. <laughs> I am speaking of Hannibal Buress. Great choice. Love Hannibal Buress. I'll never forget when I first moved to Seattle, 2014. There was a big comedy festival thing that was way out in the middle of nowhere, this place called the White River Amphitheater. It was a huge pain in the ass to get there. But the lineup of comics was absolutely stacked, especially for the time. Hannibal Buress was in there. He showed up wearing a jumpsuit that had his face on it. Classic. And he was just like, you may wonder how much it cost to get a jumpsuit of my face on it. Not that much. <laughs> and, then, and he's just remarking about how, you know, there's a lot of teriyaki places in Seattle. It's not many types of uh, places that are just a flavor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's all just mysterious meat. I don't know. But he, he can just be so casually funny all the time. And his face just seems like a permanent smirk. And he's just, he's so funny. He's I, a I funny him. guy. If you... Don't know which television show Eric is referring to. Hannibal Morris is in the great sitcom Broad City from Comedy Central, which if you haven't watched yet, what are you doing? They're all on Hulu. Please go, go right go away. Go watch Broad City stat. And like I also alluded to, 
he kind of brought to light the whole Bill Cosby situation. He joked about it uh, during a set back many years ago now. That kind of got picked up, even though it was one of those big open secrets in the industry a little bit that some people were aware of, kind of like Harvey Weinstein. And then all of a sudden, the ball just started rolling. And now, uh, here we are. Thanks, Hannibal. Yeah. And what a name, too. Hannibal Bress. So, here's another one that next time he comes through town, we will absolutely be Absolutely. And what will be your fourth pick? My fourth pick is a comic who is sadly deceased, but who had a tremendous impact on me. And that is Mitch Hedberg. I love Mitch Hedberg. You obviously do have a quite a fondness for those one-liners. I think him and Dimitri Martin are the two all-time. All-time. Mitch Hedberg is the reason I love stand-up comedy. He was the first comedian I fell in love with. Me and my high school friends would watch clips of his on YouTube and just laugh on endlessly because he was just so funny. This is me butchering a bit, but let me let me try. One of my favorite bits of his is his bit on escalators and how when they're out of order, they're temporarily stairs. So you can put a <laughs> sign on them that says, sorry, temporarily stairs. <laughs> My favorite is the bit about uh, restaurants when you have people waiting. Yes. And it's like, Smith's, party of three. And then they quickly move on. Bush, party of four. But wait. What happened to the Smith's? (laughs) It should be Bush, search party of four. (laughs) You can eat once you found the Smith's. (laughs) What happened to him? He was great. He was brilliant. Uh, He sadly passed away in 2005. But... His legacy lives on, like I said, many other comics were very much so influenced by him. He also had a bit of a cult following with audience members sometimes shouting the punchlines of his jokes because he had certain jokes that he would repeat time after time. And and some of his followers went to all of his shows. He was a frequent drug user and sadly did die of an overdose in 2005. Um Like many comics, he did struggle with depression and substance abuse, sadly. Taken from us too soon. Too soon. A great guy. (sighs) I'm glad you selected him. Thanks. For my next pick, I'm going to select one of the comics that we see all the time now on a weekly basis, but I think his stand-up is also fantastic, and that is... Hassan Minash. Okay. I'll allow it. He has a uh, stand-up special on Netflix called Homecoming King. Uh, In general, he's got great energy. He's one of these people who I could just watch in any interview, kind of like John Mulaney. He's just... Or hot ones. Yeah. He, of course, has his own show now, uh, Patriot Act. He is an alumnus of The Daily Show, going out into the world and making his own his own version where he breaks down events in the news and dives into politics, kind of in a similar vein to John Oliver. And I love the way he brings a very millennial attitude towards it, though, and also an immigrant perspective, which is just kind of hilarious, especially when he's talking about uh, immigrant issues in the United States and abroad. He's a very smart guy, and I think that's so important in a comic just somebody that has an intellectual leaning and can make smart observations about the world around them. And he'll talk to anyone. 
He always got a smile on his face. He's definitely the quintessential Daily Show correspondent type of comedian. And I love him for it. I do too. Sandra, what will be your final pick? Well, for my final pick, I also could fudge the rules and draft someone like Seth Meyers or John Oliver. You know, comedians who have done stand-up but are primarily hosts. But I won't. (laughs) I will draft a true comic. And that comic is going to be the brilliant Marina Franklin. She's a lesser-known comic who I was introduced to, actually, by John Oliver. He used to have a television show on HBO that was kind of a showcase of comics. And one of the comics he once showcased was Marina Franklin. She is a very relatable New York comic. She does a lot of bits about her experiences as an African-American woman and about her relationships, about her journeys, and particularly about her adventures in dating and living in the city. One of my favorite bits of hers is when she talks about the gentrification of Harlem and how the white people have brought tomatoes to Harlem. Fresh produce. It is great. If you are unfamiliar, please Google Marina Franklin. She has a new stand-up special. It's called Single Black Female. It's available in lots of different places. So if you have the time and want to check out a great upcoming comic, check out Marina Franklin. I love it. People so strongly identify with people that represent them. So it's good to have diversity in comedy. When we go to these shows, like if you we went to see a show from uh, an Egyptian comedian, and then so the audience, there were a lot of Egyptian people there. And it's just so funny. It's great. You can it's... have those like references that people understand. Yep. I love it. All right, Eric, you have one slot left. Who's it going to be? In comedy, as in many things, the entertainment industry, eventually your star fades, no matter how bright it was once upon a time. Of course, we'll not be drafting someone like Louis C.K., but I am going to draft another now controversial comedian, and his name is Dave Chappelle. Oh, I thought you were going to draft a season. Sorry. That would also be interesting. <laughs> be the interesting pick. Okay, go but, ahead. Uh, but Dave, his most recent specials have been received with mixed reviews because uh, he does have uh, not the most politically correct opinions about a lot of things. But I think he's just so funny as a person. And he's someone who really has hit the stand-up circuit hard in the last decade, really. After he had Chappelle's show and disappeared off the map for a while, he finally resurfaced. And he's such a unique personality. I don't know how he continues to get away with just openly smoking oh my, I wherever was just he is. That. I was like, <laughs> I was gonna say he really has earned his stripes. He's the only person who can like openly smoke on the set of SNL and nobody blinks an eye. I know it makes sense that he could get away with that in a comedy club. But when he lit up on so on the mo- <laughs> so on a recent episode where Eddie Murphy came back to host SNL. Yeah. Dave Chappelle also came out on the stage for a minute and still just lit up a cigarette. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but he's 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 just got such a wit, such a delivery. He just loves doing these shows. When I was living in Denver, he would come all the time and go to Comedy Works there in Denver. It's a great club, but he would just do uh, unannounced shows where he's just showing up in Denver for a week, blocks out everything, will do two shows a night. Uh, one time when I was there, uh, he was talking about how after one show, he just went to a strip club after it with whoever wanted to go from the uh, 
from the show. He's definitely um, a, a, a comedian. Yeah, he's a comedian. old school He's a famous comedian. comedian who also just like doesn't care. He's just going to do whatever he wants. And he's funny. Side note, please watch him in a little indie film called A Star is Born. Came out in 2018. <laughs> It's a favorite of our podcast. He's instrumental to the In, movie. Instrumental. It, we watched recently watched the the nineteen seventy five seventy four. I don't know something like that. All I'll tell you this is it doesn't have Dave Chappelle, and it's way worse for it. It's way worse. You need Dave Chappelle in that pivotal scene. Okay. Uh, well, I think that's a perfect way to end this. That concludes our drafts. So we're going to go watch some stand-up now. I think uh, you should too. But yes. first, head over to our Instagram, our Twitter, at First Round Flick. Let us know your favorite comedians, favorite stand-up specials. We will gladly take any recommendations. Honestly, please tell us what we should check out. We would love some new stand-up in our rotation. You can also email us, firstroundflick at gmail.com. And please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It would really help others find us. As always, our music is provided by Grant Bennett. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.